Time to talk about the Sooners, uh, Tulsa World Style. Gary and Ime, columnist for the world, along with my friend and colleague, Eric Bailey. He covers uh, Oklahoma for us. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in. You can catch weekly uh, videos on the Sooners, Cowboys, and all things sports-related uh, at TulsaWorld.com. The audio version uh, will be uh, downloaded as podcasts, and you can uh, download those yourselves and subscribe, please do so via Google, Spotify, and Apple. Thank you very much for consuming our, our content, whether it's stories or this multimedia version. Okay, Eric, uh, Brett Venables remains the topic uh, regarding Oklahoma football. His transition from Clemson defensive coordinator to first-time head coach continues to be an interesting one. And boy, did we have a, we have, we had a chat, did we not, yesterday with the new leader of the uh, New leader of the program. It went an hour and a half, so we'll, we'll cover as much ground from that as we can in the time we have allotted. Where, what was most interesting about uh, our hour and a half with, uh, with Coach Venables? Well, first of all, it was amazing that he even did yesterday because if you remember Wednesday, we had some technical difficulties. He tried to do an interview on Wednesday. We just had a bad connection. So not many coaches will come back the next day and give you more time, and we really appreciated Grant doing that. And lo and behold, you're right. He went 90 minutes strong. And it was funny. Near the end, I was watching the clock to see if he hit the 90 mark. And he hit the 90 mark. So the way I had was just how open he was with every question we asked. And he really went in detail with his answers. It wasn't a quick, you know, just a sound bite. Oh, this player's pretty good. Oh, this is what we're going to do. He broke down what he was going to do and what his plans are for Oklahoma football. And I think that's just an indication yeah. how passionate he is for this job and how excited he is to really get going as Oklahoma's head coach. There is something about head coaches that is difficult for, for us to, to get through, and that's how programmed they are. And it comes across in, in times especially of, 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 of problems, whether it's an injury or a, an NCAA violation or something unexpected that went wrong they don't like talking about it because and I get it. It reflects poorly on the program, but we have, but we like to ask about it because we want to get information to readers that helps us do our jobs. Lincoln Riley was, I'd say, fairly guarded, not as much as I've heard other coaches who who uh, who really raise the wall around their programs. But it is interesting to see Venables do a 180 from not just Riley, who wouldn't let us talk to Caleb Williams all last season until the bowl game anyway, but a lot of other coaches out there. He, he's still new to this, Eric, and I think that this is a sign of that. I hope that he doesn't become programmed. I worry that he will to an extent, but right now he sort of is an open book. Exactly, and you know what? We – we saw that when we asked him any question, we asked him about transfers yesterday. We asked him about Caleb Williams a little bit yesterday, and he went into detail about that. You know, we talked about Dylan Gabriel. We talked about, boy, we talked about, you know, off the field, the support staff. I mean, he touched upon everything within his program. You know, like I said, he was really an open book, and I really appreciate that. And you're right. This is you know, almost like a honeymoon period. It's been two months. And we're, we're, we're getting to know each other. He's getting to know the beat. We're getting to know him, although some of us already knew him from his first time here. So I think it's just a fun time for everybody right now. And the key is, you're right, when, when we hit battle of spring football, and especially next fall, then we'll really see what happens then in terms of, of you know, what these uh, interviews are going to be like. In terms of what he said, not just how he said it, did you learn anything you didn't already know yesterday? Yeah, I think we had a good idea of a lot of the questions. And, and you know, I mean, mainly 
I think for me, it was understanding the passion he has for his players and the relationships that he tries to build with not only his current team, but the, the, the recruits out there. And I have an understanding, and he really emphasized that even more, just how important all of these players are for him. And you just know that if he's telling us what he does about these relationships and how he creates and builds them and and really nourishes them, you got to wonder what it's like in a living room when he's trying to get a five-star recruit to come to Oklahoma. What you know? What's his selling point? I mean, he, how strong does he come in that? And I think that's why we're seeing a, a lot of these uh, uh, especially defensive players really put Oklahoma on their board. And it's going to be so important as you make this transition to the SEC to have that talent on that side of the football. Something he also spoke about, as did Jeff Levy, when we when we had our first chance to interview him Wednesday on signing day was Dylan Gabriel. You touched on him just a little bit ago. Uh, this was also refreshing. Riley was not keen on aiming a starter no matter who he had at quarterback. <laughs> and this included Heisman, This obviously included Heisman Trophy winners. It was, it was more than a little absurd not to dump on the previous coach. We know who OU starter is going to be already based on something that Jeff Levy said. You know, it's funny, with all due respect to Austin Kendall and Tanner Mordecai, you just didn't see them competing for the jobs against Heisman Trophy winners like uh, Kyler, uh, Kyler Murray and, and guys like Baker Mayfield, or not Baker Mayfield, but like Jalen Hurts and even Spencer Rattler. You just didn't see that competition. Uh, Jeff Levy came out and said, Dylan Gabriel is our guy. He's the only one that's really throwing a college football pass. He's a guy they can build around. And, and that is kind of refreshing both for us as media. We know going into spring football who's going to be in charge of this offense. But more importantly for the team, they know who to build around. I think in the back of everyone's minds, they probably knew Kyler Murray was going to be the starter or Jalen Hurts was going to be the starter. But it's hard to be guarded, especially when you talk to the media when we're asking questions about the offense and they're like, oh, we'll see who the quarterback is. This spring and next fall, everyone knows who the quarterback is, and I think that is a little refreshing. And it just tells you how important Dylan Gabriel was to get him on campus and signed with Oklahoma. Here's something else that is, Eric, not just uh, informative, refreshingly, but I think it's important. This, this cements Gabriel publicly as the new guy, and this is, this is a program that's still – Again, as much work as Venables has done and Bob Stoops did before Venables hiring to sort of steady everything, this is still a program that's that's teetering a bit over old news. And it wasn't just Riley who left. It was Caleb Williams. I don't, that became official. Was that this week? <laughs> was, yeah, this yeah. week, Monday. Yeah, uh, that's right. So the, what what Levy's assertion and Venables uh, faith in Gabriel tells Gabriel is that this is this is your Team basically, quarterback face of the franchise, a lot of lot, you know, la la da da da, all that stuff. Well, he may know that behind closed doors and away from comments made to media, but it's still now everyone knows that. And all that to me, all that can do is help OU's transition right from who was here, Williams, to who's now the new guy in, in Gabriel. Yeah, every time Dylan uh, Gabriel walks in that team meeting room, every time he works on that, walks into that quarterback's room, he knows he is the guy. And there's no doubt. I mean, you're, you, you, it's willing to be 99% sure you're the guy, but he's 100% sure. So I think that's important. And, you know, Darren, it's really interesting how they got him here. You know, they had a – Oklahoma's coaching staff had a 48-hour head start on knowing that Williams was going to announce the portal. And they, they reached out to Gabriel right away. And, and that's kind of why Gabriel made the decision to come to Oklahoma just a couple hours or announced just a couple hours after Caleb Williams entered the portal. Uh, Oklahoma really, they were on a quick timetable because if Gabriel took one online class on that Monday when he announced he was coming to OU, mm -hmm. uh, they wouldn't have had him for a calendar year. 
So uh, it was a race against the clock, and Oklahoma was fortunate to really get him committed when they did because he could easily have been at UCLA where he was already ready to start, and instead he changed his destination to OU. The uh, powers that be, uh, Venables and Levy, both made it fairly apparent that they knew well before Tuesday was the day I think Caleb made it official uh, to USC, wasn't it? I think it was Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah, they both, they both confirmed this week. They, they knew well before then that they, everyone had moved on from Oklahoma. Uh, it was just a matter of, of, of Williams dropping the news when he did. I'll say this. I thought that, again, this is more PR props than anything, but I thought that Venables and Lubby's comments about Williams and the process and how that went down were, were really above board. I, I didn't expect him to, to say no comment. I certainly didn't expect him to, to disparage him. Doesn't do, doesn't do them any good. That doesn't do anyone any good. But I still thought it was interesting to, to have them spell out a little bit of that process and to give us, again, some insight into, uh, into what was a really difficult, uh, tumultuous transition just in the quarterback room. Exactly. And you know what? Brent Venables, he, he said it too. He said, you know, we realize if you're entering the portal, you're not with us and we need to make you know adjustments on our end. We have to be prepared. And I think that's what Oklahoma did. Uh, and it's not just with um, Caleb Williams is with all the players that left the portal. Once you announce the portal, Oklahoma is going to move on and try to figure out what they're going to do because they got to take care of themselves first. And that's what Oklahoma did this year with all the portal players. I think they have nine on campus now. So I think that's just so important that they did that. And it was, you know, Brent Venables didn't shy away from his game plan of, you know, it's important that if you, you announce the portal, we're going we're gonna to move on without you and see what happens. This is something I talked with uh, with Eli Letterman, our OSU beat writer, this week as well. I'd ask you to put a bow on signing day and recruiting season, but I think that's probably a bad idea anymore because because of the portal, right? Exactly, and that was a question that Jeff Levy was asked also. Jeff Levy was asked by Bob Prisbillo with Sooner Scoop, you know, are you done with the quarterbacks? Are you okay? And he says, no, we're not done. If there's someone out there, uh, they'll take them. So they'll, they'll add another depth player to that quarterback's room. But it, then he also added that it really it's best available at this point. If you can get someone best available, they'll take them. So there's still room to grow in that in this recruiting class, which is amazing. Uh, the numbers are, are very sky high. And that, but that's just what, what the system is now. And that's something that's the new normal. And it's what Oklahoma fans and Oklahoma coaches and players will have to get used to. I'd ask everyone who read recruiting rankings coming out of Wednesday to take it with an even thicker grain of salt than you used to. I always believe the best time to judge a recruiting class is after they've been in the program to at least two years, if not three. I don't know if anyone's any, any, any longer in four, but uh, I, I get it. It's, it's, it's a hype day for the fan base as much as, as for, the, for, for the team's coaching staff, but still – because recruiting is is certainly ongoing with the, the portal phenomenon, you got to wait until everything shakes out to pass any kind of judgment. And Eric, I'd also say the same thing about anyone reworking a, a uh, and I have saw, I've seen a lot of this on social media this week, anyone reworking a, a winter preseason top 25. I mean, <laughs> I can't get a hold of Oklahoma's roster, let alone anyone else's. To, to, I, I have no idea what kind of turnover specifically they've had, even at Alabama, Georgia, or Ohio State. Certainly don't know, don't think, I don't know that exactly what kind of a handle I have that uh, regarding the Sooners or even, you know, Oklahoma State close to us here at home. How much of a handle do you have on what, what Venables has to work with? That's my question. Not, 
you know, not much because, you know, I'll, I'll still get on the official Oklahoma website and look for a roster and I can't find one. <laughs> it tells you you're wondering they're scrambling on their end as well. So and once upon a time, I used to write for um, do freelance work for the national magazines that put out preseason polls. And right. my deadline was first week of August or first week of April, excuse me, for the next football season. I'm just thankful I'm not doing that anymore because there's no <laughs> way you could put things together now with the with the way that everything moves so fast. Uh, I brought up Caleb Williams. I know a lot of listeners, viewers might tune us out now uh, because they're ready to move on. And I get it. I wrote a column to that effect when when Williams made his decision. But um, I, I did want to get sort of the uh, and he'll he'll come up again. You know he will, especially as they start comparing what he does for Riley at SC to what Gabriel does for the Sooners next fall. You know it's going to come up again. But maybe for the time being, we can put him aside. With one exception, I, I did want to ask you for your what your lasting impression was of Williams, not just as a player, but as a, as a as a young dude who w- we wanted to get to know better. We didn't get a chance to get to know better, but we still got at least. Some, some comments from him down the stretch of the season. We got comments from teammates and his coaches. What will you remember about Williams now that his career is officially done at OU? You know, I, I think it'll probably, and like you said, I wish we got to know him a little better. We never got to talk to him until after the Alamo Bowl. So I really wish we got to know his personality a little more outside of what we saw on social media. But no, I think the lasting memory will be that Texas game. Uh, just how he brought the team back and how he really re-energized the Oklahoma fan base. I mean, it was something we hadn't seen in a while, just how excited this fan base could get over one performance. And I think when he did that, I think it really bought in for the rest of the season. And You really have to question yourself, does Oklahoma go 11-2 and with Spencer Rattler at quarterback? I don't know if they do or not. I just think Rattler was having issues, was having troubles. And I think the timing of this quarterback change really, I don't want to say save the season because I think they still would have won a lot of games, but it surely kept them from, uh, you know, they could have had more than two losses for the first time since I think 16, if that happened, or or, or before that, 14, I'm sorry. So I, I really think that that's what I'll remember is how he turned things around, not only for the season, but in that one important rivalry game against Texas. And, and it was a fun ride. It was fun to watch him make some plays. It was fun to see him take the, the ball uh, and just get a first down at Kansas. It was fun to see him with his long runs, his dynamic throws. But I, I think it's that individual performance in Texas that will stand with me the most. I'm glad you said what you did because a lot of revisionist history going on within the OU fan base. And, again, I understand everyone's feelings are, are, have been really pierced by all of this. I don't, I don't blame anyone for, for being sour over Riley and, by extension, Williams. But let's not completely rewrite what's, what, what happened here, uh, not, just, not just with Williams in the last season. Let's not all of a sudden criticize his mistakes at Baylor, for instance, the fact that he couldn't, you know, that he didn't, with, with him at quarterback, that team didn't win Bedlam and therefore didn't go to a Big 12 championship and therefore didn't go to a New Year's Six Bowl. The, the tendency is to pile on, given what's happened, just as it is to pile on Lincoln Riley, not just for last season, but – the the pre the, the the four before that and he couldn't win the big one all of a sudden right he was lucky he was in the Big Twelve conference the, t- the team actually regressed a little bit let's be careful what I'm saying is he, your fans are right to 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 get to be pissed still for uh, excuse my language but that, but that's how they feel but let's not go overboard here and and uh, and rewrite uh, what was a pretty 
strong run of, of, of football and certainly Oklahoma, Oklahoma offense uh, under Riley and his quarterbacks. Exactly. And, and it's funny because we'll go into next season covering this football team and we're going to see a different starting quarterback at Oklahoma for what, the fifth or sixth year in a row. You think about just the number of quarterbacks that have, you know, been one year starters, starting with Baker Mayfield. He ended his 2017 career uh, as the starter. And then you just chip forward and it's, it's a quarterback, uh, just quarterback after quarterback after quarterback. And now Dylan Gabriel's next. So it's just interesting how this quarterback position has really evolved over the years. Uh, it, it's kind of crazy. And, and Oklahoma has been able to maintain success during these quarterback transitions. I think a lot of schools would love 10 and 2, 11 and 2, 12 and 2 seasons. So we'll see what happens with Dylan Gabriel next season. I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to see how the reunion with Levy goes. And I'm obviously excited to see how Venables, if he is enjoying his honeymoon period, we'll, uh, excited to see how that translates into a, into a record uh, in, in games beginning in September. All right. Um, I think that covers football. Unless, do, would we forget anything obvious this week? Is there something that we missed? No, I think we're good. We're ready to kind of catch our breath. And I know the coaching staff is already looking toward 2023. So let's uh, – Oh, and you know what? I, I do want to say it was, it, was a, it was fun covering Gentry Williams this week, seeing him sign the Booker T star. I think that was a lot of fun. I had a chance to talk to Gentry, talk to his mom. And, uh, you know, they were courted by some heavyweights, including Lincoln Riley and Deion Sanders, and they stayed true to Oklahoma. And a lot of people wondered back in October, why did you take your time? And excuse me, back in December, why did you not sign then? And he, he was just did his due diligence. He made sure that he felt comfortable with Oklahoma, with the coaching staff. And uh, credit to him. It, it was an adult decision. He, you know, he understands he, he took some heat for that, but he was going to make sure he felt comfortable with who was coming in. And when he signed in February, he's excited. That family's excited. Coach Venables is excited. So it'll be fun to see Gentry Williams, another uh, Tulsa athlete, go and play at Oklahoma. It was a great story, and it came with a great image of uh, Gentry in, a, in an OU uh, onesie. Newborn right. baby wearing his OU onesie. His mom, uh, her PhD at OU, so she's always been an OU fan. So it, it's really neat to, to see when families that, – and that's what I told uh, Mrs. Williams. I said, I, I'm getting old. I know the day is for, the, the, day is for the, the kids, but as a parent, I can just only imagine how proud they are of seeing their child's dreams come true. And I told her I was happy for her that day as well, her and her husband. It's a really great story. I'm glad you plugged it. It should, it should have been. That's my, that's my mistake for overlooking it. Next week, I'm going to write about another recruit in this uh, this cycle who's who's not exactly Gentry Williams in terms of attention. He's actually signing as a preferred walk-on from Oklahoma City's Heritage Hall, and that's Gavin Freeman, the son of former Oklahoma Titan Jason Freeman uh, in the mid to late 90s. It's a, it's a, that's an interesting story for a different reason. You'll have to you'll have to check out my column on Gavin. I think we'll run that about the time he he makes it official. He was going to do it Wednesday, but because of weather and everything else, it got in the way. He put it off until next Wednesday. So we'll we'll bust that out uh, midweek. I'll have a column on Venables, by the way, in the Sunday edition. Eric, you'll be writing about the OU basketball team for the Sunday world. What's going on with the OU basketball team? Uh, it's tough. It really is just to get things right. This, this is Big 12, it, it, and we've talked about this. It, it's tough. You know, it's tough every night. But I really think the TCU game was one they kind of let get away on uh, Monday. Just just couldn't rebound. <laughs> Rebounding was just 
they, they took care of the basketball for the first time in years, but just couldn't pull down rebounds. And TCU, you give them that many extra possessions, they're going to beat you. Jamie Dixon is an outstanding coach. And I know Porter Moser, he probably enjoys the opportunity to practice this week. They had a Monday game and they played Bedlam on Saturday. So that's four days in between where they can get things right. And, you know, it, it, this second half of the – it doesn't get any easier. It right. Really doesn't, but, they're you know, and they're still considered – in the NCAA tournament, but they're starting to teeter on bubble. And it didn't look like it was going to be that way two weeks ago. The good thing for uh, for Coach is that he says there's opportunities out there. Uh, there's opportunities to get big wins. And there are. There are a lot of opportunities, but they're going to have to take advantage of those opportunities to make another run to the NCAA tournament. And starting with a big one tomorrow against a struggling OSU team. The Sooners can't beat that Oklahoma State team that's, tip, that's dipped way below 500 in the conference you really start to worry about, about where this is headed. So. Exactly. And I do want to bring up the women's team, too, because they're, they've they beaten back-to-back number 19s in the yeah. country. They're number 18. I, I got to think they're going to make a big jump in the next poll if they beat West Virginia on Saturday. Went to Baylor, uh, had plane issues, and had to take a bus at the last minute down to Baylor. Got there 30 minutes late, stretched on the bus, dressed on the bus, ate on the bus. Uh, poor my friend Chris Plank did his pregame radio show on the bus. <laughs> got off put their shoes on and got on the court and they went and they won at Baylor which hasn't been done in years so I, I just just a credit to Jenny Brown Tech uh, they're 19 and 3 they're tied for first in the Big 12 and they're having an outstanding year and they really control their destiny right now and we talked about it a couple of weeks ago there's a good chance they could host an NCAA regional and how much fun would that be for that Oklahoma women's program and their fan base because it's been years since that's happened even if they don't even if they don't get a chance to host, they're headed to the tournament. Even if they, they miss out on a, on a top four seat and a chance to host, if Baranchik doesn't get consideration for National Coach of the Year, someone's not paying attention. I, I know that, look, I know that um, they're going to be teams ranked higher than the Sooners at the end of the season, teams that have had maybe a little bit more attention. But if you knew where that program had been the last few years uh, and what, what Baranchik inherited, and she's had to overcome injuries even on this year's team. Besides yeah. the specifics of the Baylor trip, I mean, Eric, she said that what she's doing is is nothing short of miraculous. Yeah, Anna, how do you say her? I can't. Lanusa, Anna Lanusa. Lanusa, and then even Gabby Gregory missed the first half of the season, and these are important players with experience. And Anna's out for the season. Gabby's just getting her legs back, and you're right. And everyone's transitioning into just they're they're still playing well. They're finding ways. And I had a chance to talk to her on the phone yesterday, and we had mentioned that they're just finding ways to get it done. And she's she's really proud of her team. All right, so again, you've got the men's uh, Bedlam game tomorrow in the Sunday world. I've got a Brent Venables column based off the, the long conversation that reporters had with Brent yesterday. That'll also be in the Sunday world. Gavin Freeman, a preferred walk-on for the football team next week. I know you'll keep track of the comings and goings on the, on the OU football roster, as you always do. Join us again as we visit about the Sooners uh, next week on TulsaWorld.com. Again, the audio version is yours to uh, download at, uh, at Spotify as well as Apple, as well as Google. Please download and subscribe if the mood hits you. Eric, have a good week. Stay warm and safe, and we'll talk to everyone next week. For more information, you can visit TulsaWorld.com.